in a world where everyone knows everything. <laughs> yeah, right. One dad stands below everyone and yells, I know nothing. Please welcome. Please welcome. This is the Dad Who Knows Nothing podcast. Well, welcome everyone. This is the latest episode of the Dad Who Knows Nothing podcast. And today I'm very excited to have Babs Flashesen on this episode. Now, he is a the author of Cracking the Life Code. That's the book that he's written. He believes that ideas are powerful and are far more connected than they sometimes appear on the surface. And as an entrepreneur and strategy consultant, Babs has helped over 12,000 entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. He's passionate about education, health and wellness, investing in human capital, affecting meaningful and last, lasting change, personal growth. So I'm so excited, Babs, to have you with us here on the podcast today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. So Babs, we're both in New York. We're both located in New York State. You're down in the city. Tell me about your story. So tell me how you came to writing this book, cracking the life code, having this direction as far as how you are helping your clients every day. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to share this with your audience. Um, many years ago, I think I was probably about 13, I worked into the room back in Africa where I was born and raised, I saw my mom crying and I reached out to her to ask why she was crying. She told me she had uh, received the bad news from her mother and um, it was worse for her because she was not in a position to help her mother. And that broke my spirit. It broke my heart at that point because I felt uh, helpless and I saw my mother also really helpless. I made a decision at 13 that I would uh, work hard as possible and ensure that I build a life where I am in a place to help everybody that I care about and the people that I love um, at every point where they might need my help. And that day on, I began this journey of personal growth and personal development and just trying to see what else is out there. I did realize at the time that there was there had to be more to life than the um, environments wherein I was raised. And I began to research, I began to learn, I began to, you know, put in the effort, um, finished high school, got into college. I was still very passionate about growing and personal growth and personal development. I got into public speaking and all of that. Got out of college and I began my, my career. Worked for about a decade and decided I was gonna pursue a grad school, uh, a, a, an MBA. And, and I wanted to make sure that I was this well-rounded um, strategy professional. And so I took a, a very big leap of faith to to go to school in the United States uh, for my MBA, graduated with an MBA and um, decided to start a small consultant practice in, in New York City uh, while I was also schooling for my doctorate degree in strategy and innovation. And after 20 years of doing this whole personal development and personal 
growth journey, uh, I decided it was important for me to document the lessons that I've learned through the course of this whole journey so that I can I can have it ready for generations yet unborn um, because not a lot of people would have a blueprint for navigating life. And so I thought uh, if I'm able to put these together in a, in a manuscript or a book, someone can lay their hands on it and it can help them maybe just navigate the different areas of their lives. And that's how I decided, uh, well, maybe it's a good time to put all my lessons together in this book. And that's why I did it. Awesome. And, you know, to your point, it's now something that, uh, you know, down the road, 10, 15 years, somebody else could pick up that book and, and it could make a huge impact on their life. Very cool. Yes, yeah. So, you talk about personal growth and that's a, that's a topic that comes up a lot. How do, how do we achieve personal growth? How do we have the mindset to continue continually being focused on our own personal growth? Well, I've heard many people say that uh, there has to be a, a defining moment in a person's life. For some people, it's probably the realization that a loved one had just passed from a certain, you know, behavior that was not exactly helpful. Uh, for some of the people, it might just be the fact that they are broke down and out um, and they just want to change. They wanted something else for them. In my instance, it was the fact that I saw my mother and I was broken. My spirit was totally shattered by that experience. And I, I vowed that I would, I would do everything within my power to to ensure that I build a life that's, that positions me um, suitably for helping everybody that I care about. So there are different, you know, stimulus and stimuli that could that could influence a person to commence the personal development um, journey. Uh, but essentially, I usually recommend that uh, we do not wait until something significant happens in our lives before we commence the personal development or the personal uh, growth journey. Essentially, we just want to ask ourselves a simple question, and that's the question of, hey, if I leave the surface of this earth today, what would I be remembered for? What would be my legacy? Uh, what Have I made the world any better than I met it? And um, why am I even here? What's, what's my existence? When we begin to ask some of these questions, that should trigger you know, a desire to get better. So personal growth is indeed a lifelong journey uh, as we continue to, to, to grow as individuals. Um, and the sooner we get into the entire mind space for growth, the better. Uh, so we can live that a more flourishing and a more satisfying life. That's essentially what I think uh, personal growth is about. Nice. And so a lot of people, if they take this journey of personal growth and they're constantly uh, wanting to grow and constantly looking at ways to grow, then they're probably going to find some version of success, whether it is in the business world, their personal relationships. How do you define success? Well, that's a beautiful uh, question. And I think it's important that um, we all understand that success is a personal thing. It's in fact, more deeply personal than anything else. And so in defining success, um, it's got to be personal as well. So for every individual, uh, I feel that 
every individual has to determine for themselves what success means. So for me, personally, success means fulfillment, uh, meaning, purpose. So if I'm able to find fulfillment and meaning and purpose in life, I think I've achieved an, an incredible amount of success because that's essentially how I define success. It's very intangible, uh, seen as tangible assets or tangible acquisitions can they can they can disappear overnight. Uh, but what it takes to create the tangible success is what I consider to be success. Yeah, it's a good definition. And you and you mentioned purpose. Now, can you can you go into more about purpose? I mean, is it is it just you just say, hey, this is my purpose or are there components uh, of purpose? Well, I feel very strongly that um, every individual is put on earth for a specific reason. I, I do not believe in um, coincidences and I don't believe in happenstances. Um, I just believe that everything is orchestrated. Um, and I think that there is a higher power, there is a higher being there is, um, that ensures that everyone here on earth has a role to play. And I guess ultimately finding that reason why we, we are put on earth is essentially what purpose is. Why the question of why am I here? What's the one thing I'm here to achieve? For some people, uh, they probably are just here to support you know, some other people. For some people, they're probably here to just give care. Maybe that's why they are here to care for, to care, to provide care for others. And so many other, you know, reasons why people are here. And I think when we discover that one thing, that purpose for which we were created, life just becomes a lot more interesting. Life just gets a lot more exciting because then we are not taking our energy across so many different areas of our lives. We're just focused and we're channeling our energy towards the direction of our purpose. And I must say that there are pillars that help us to really fulfill uh, our purpose. And I mean, it's, it's not enough to discover the purpose. As I, as I like to say that the discovery of purpose does not guarantee its fulfillment. So it's one thing to discover purpose, but then we need to move further, which is leaving that purpose or fulfilling that purpose. And to help us do that, we have four Ps that I created or I wrote about in my book, Crack and a Life Code. It's, um, it's people, it's, um, it's place, it's passion. And um, so we've got people, we've got place, we've got passion. And uh, what's the last P? Okay, I'll remember as we as we continue the conversation. So yeah, those four pillars help us to um, achieve or fulfill our purpose in life, which is such a huge component of success. And so that, that's uh, when you can break those that purpose down. And you're right; it's going to be personal for each individual. But using those pillars allows them to help define what that purpose is. It's very cool. So one of the ways that people measure success is obviously about the almighty dollar, right? And making money. So how does one master money? Maybe it's not the biggest indicator of your success. Maybe it's not the biggest driver for your, 
for you feeling that you're successful, but we all need it to be able to, uh, you know, show our purpose, to be able to live our purpose. Money is a is an important part of that. So how do we master money? Great question. Um, before I come to answer the question, I remembered my last P, uh, which is platform. So it's people, it's per, it's uh, it's people, platform, passion, and place. Uh, those are the four P's. Now talking about mastering money, I guess we 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 first we need to just you know pull back a little bit and start with the idea that money is is a tool and money essentially is meant to fulfill a need. And when we understand that we exchange money or we use money to solve a problem, maybe our interaction with money will change slightly. So one of the biggest challenges that I've seen with most of the people that I have had the opportunity of coaching is the fact that especially entrepreneurs that they wanna make several million dollars in in such a short amount of time. And the goal, the driving force is essentially just the dollars. Um, but I, I continue to um, show them research uh, from academics that, that indicates that the purpose of a company or an organization sometimes far away its, its need for profitability and when the consumers of a product understand the purpose of the business, they are more likely to align with the purpose than they would the need for profitability. Essentially, what I'm saying is if an entrepreneur focuses on the core purpose of the business and that is projected and communicated effectively, and let's hope this purpose is grounded in something that has significant meaning in the lives of the consumers. Now, that in itself can provide a platform for the company or the business to build it, what, what, what we might call, uh, what we might call uh, a cult following, following of its consumers. And then that can lead uh, down the line to profitability. What I'm saying in essence is mastering money is first about understanding why we need money and seeing that money is a tool that helps us to fulfill a certain need or that helps us to solve a problem. So mon money is not really for acquisition. Money is first for, is, is an exchange, is a tool that helps us to solve a problem. And we would realize that very often, not money doesn't solve all the problems. So uh, when we understand that money may not solve all our problems, we might then begin to shift our attention. Say for instance, uh, family, if we get into relationships, money may not be all that our partners, our partner might be looking to us for. Uh, many people believe that providing the finances to the, uh, is the central role of the male in the family or the man in the, in the family. Uh, but these dynamics are changing very quickly. But when we realize that maybe quality time with family is also as important. Um, and so we would not you know, dissipate a lot of energy trying to chase the dollars, rather we would find balance. So mastering money uh, summarily is really about balance. First, we need to know how to make money. There are three M's of mastering money. We need to know how to make money. 
we need to know how to manage money. And then we need to know how to multiply money. When we know how to make, manage, and multiply money, we would have had master mastery of money. Essentially, what we should do as individuals, entrepreneurs, just everyday people, is really to just master those three. Understanding how we could increase our income, understanding how we can manage our income, and understanding how we could multiply money. Yeah, you make such a great point. Uh, there's been many companies that I may pay a little bit more of a premium, whether it be clothing, even sunglasses. There's a sunglass company that donates food to shelters for every sunglass purchase that you make. And so I I, I buy from that company, right? Because I, I believe in that purpose. Uh, same thing with some clothing. And we're seeing that a lot more where people are using sustainable means to make things and just uh, taking a better role in the environment versus some of the larger you know players in those in those markets so it's a great point and and the money mastery i think you know so many people look at money as a status and maybe that is the problem they're trying to solve is that they want to be looked at in a different way you know but uh for the most part it, you're right it's there to solve a problem it's been termed that it's there for protection you know, but uh, it's it also can potentially cause some other problems too if you're not uh, using, if you're not mastering, if you're not the master of it, and it's trying to take over, take over you and being the master of you, so to speak. Yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, I usually like to say that I'd rather be uh, poor in my pocket than be poor in my mind because poverty of the mind is worse than poverty of the pocket. Um, and so you can have all the money in the world if your mind is not exactly as rich as your wallet. Uh, you, you, you're probably, I mean, we can massage our egos, you know, by having uh, the status symbol. I call them status symbols. Um, and this is how I like to describe it. You can always read. Uh, it doesn't make you a Catholic. And so you can own symbols of success. It doesn't quite make you successful. So a Maserati or a very big mansion is really a symbol of success, but not success in itself. Just as a, an individual who owns a rosary doesn't necessarily have to be Catholic. Um, uh, symbols of success are not entirely success. And what happens in my, in my experience is very often when people are unable to really attain success in the real sense of success, they, they, re, they resign to the elements of success. And so that's when they turn to those status items to fulfill that need. But indeed, um, symbols of success are not entirely success. Yeah, I was just uh, listening to somebody talk about how during the pandemic, when we were in a recession last year, right, because the supply chain of all the supply chain issues, and we were, nobody was producing enough, but yet goods were still being bought, bought, all of these luxury brands were like, uh, sales were through the roof. So Gucci, Louis Vuitton, you know, people had, were flush with so much cash that were given to prop up the economic system, that everybody went to buy those symbols of success. And now, now that everything has changed and we are heading into more negative times from a economy standpoint, uh, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit tougher for those people. So you're right. It's not, 
it's it's a symbol of success versus actual success. And that's probably that last M, right? The multiply, you know, using your money to work for you and multiply versus spending it on on a symbol of a success. Yeah. Yeah. That I guess that's the difference between a, a smart um success and a person who's not quite the smartest um uh, investor, if you will, or manager of money is understanding that money is to be managed and multiplied and not just um spent on on status symbols right absolutely so we, we've talked a little bit about the book you know cracking the life code life codes so what are these life codes and why is it important to crack them so i don't want you to give away anything with your book because i want uh, we'll, we'll direct people to the book if the people want to learn more and read the book but can you give us kind of a, a synopsis of what these life codes are and why it's so important to crack them? Well, life does not come with a manual. Uh, and so it's important to um, crack the life code sooner than later in life. So when the child arrives the planet, uh, there is no way, there is no blueprint. You know, when you, when you purchase a product, you might read the manual and understand how to use the product. But when a child arrives the planet, there is no blueprint or manual with which the child will navigate life. So the child is at the mercy of the parents and the adults within the environment where the child has been raised. So either spiritual leaders or um, educational leaders, which would be teachers and professors or uh, family, immediate family members and, and people within the you know, who have direct contact with the child. Now the child begins to pick up, you know, signals from all the interactions around the child in early childhood. So those signals begin to form the mindsets, the beliefs, and ultimately the habits that that come together to make this human um, that we're talking about here. So as the child grows, the child absorbs all of these uh, signals, which could be just from conversations, could be from teachings, from learnings, from reading and all of those. And that's that becomes the, the manuscript by which the child navigates life. Now, when we come to a point in life where we, we are hit with the reality of life and we're, we're doing what I call the realistic self-assessment, that's when we come to say, hey, these habits, which are the life codes, the habits, the mindsets, and the behaviors, um, are they helping me or are they like harming me? Are they helping me achieve my next goals or are they just preventing me from achieving my life goals? So many people, this is a point where they go, um, or this is a point where we should be asking those types of questions like, uh, are these behavior helpful? Are these mindsets helpful? And if we realize that these mindsets and behaviors and habits are not quite helpful, those are the codes that needs to be cracked. And then that's a point when we begin a whole new journey of letting go of some of these behaviors, mindsets, and habits. Uh, and then we can begin the journey of building new, helpful, and positive ones. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by mindset. Uh, you know, you can, uh, unlike, you know, a lot of in the animal world, which is really governed by instinct in many cases, animals can do phenomenal things, but it's based on instinct. 
they don't really sit back and go like, Hmm, I'm not sure if I should do that today, or maybe I should do that. You know, it's, and, and they do amazing things by means of that instinct, but humans, we have been blessed and cursed with our minds, either allowing us and helping us to do powerful things or preventing us from doing a lot of powerful things just because of the power of our minds and, and where our mindsets are. So it, that's a, that's a great thing to call it, to call it codes because it is, it's, it's like a computer, right? It, these things are deeply ingrained. They come in from our experiences when we're children, you know, they've been developed and then it's so true that the earlier you can really hack those things and understand how they work and change them to make them all work in the way you want to go. That's, that's when you can find some success. So that's awesome. Yep. That's really true. I was, uh, I was probably six when I lost a very good friend of mine um, at the pool. He had drowned in the pool. Oh my. And so my parents and the parents of my my friends all said uh, we couldn't go close to any body of water, not a pool, not a natural body of water, not an ocean. And so I grew up with this, you know, perception that water was bad. And so I, for many years, I couldn't swim. So when I think about going on cruises, I'm like, okay, well, I can't swim. And there's so many things that I wanted to enjoy, uh, but because I just couldn't swim, it's that mindset, you know, it, I, I got that experience as a child and my parents said, you couldn't do this. And I just grew up thinking that water was bad and I never learned how to swim. So if I found myself in a, you know, situation where, I needed to swim to survive, I probably would have, <laughs> I would have drowned too. So that's about, that speaks to mindset and why we need to crack this, these life codes. Uh, they, some of them are very as simple as that, but then they go, they go a long way to hinder us. So the work that you do with, with your clients, you help them to uh, assess those life codes and how to crack them for them personally? That's right. So we spend a lot of time digging into those life codes. Um, you know, sometimes you just need someone else to hold up the mirror um, so you can see yourself for, for who you are. We have the realistic self-assessment, which is very exhaustive, very, very comprehensive. Um, and when when our clients go through those they come out with a lot of um, a lot of these codes. That's first. It's just identifying them first before we we even begin the journey of cracking them. Nice. Wow, that sounds like great work. So we've talked about success. Obviously, success is not a straight line. Nobody just ascends and continues to ascend. Even the you know the most successful people in the world have had failures and setbacks. So. What role does that play in success? How, how do you help your clients with failure? Uh, failure, I like to say, is an incredible part of success. And um, there is hardly any success that does not come with failure. Uh, I, I have failed in so many areas of my life, I, from academics to relationship to business. My first two businesses failed. So I, I've experienced failure on so many different realms. And I think essentially that's probably why I am able to speak about some of these things today, because then I am able to learn from 
from those failures. Now, when we see failure, what I encourage my clients to do is to embrace failure and see failure as an incredible uh, opportunity to rise up to that level of success that we are they're trying to get to. So success without failure doesn't is, is almost uh, empty. Uh, and so when we hit a roadblock at every point, what we need to do is not just you know let go or get completely discouraged is to sit back and ask questions about how do we overcome this challenge and when doing that what we're doing is we're exercising the muscle of courage we're exercising the muscle of of, of strength we're exercising the muscle of integrity and hard work and all of those are the codes, the life codes, the positive life codes that we need to navigate life. So when life throws us a curveball, what we want to do is, you know, face the curveball, analyze the situation and find a way to address the problem rather than walk away from it. And every time we we walk on a challenge and we succeed, we just become we, we become better, stronger, wiser, smarter. And so the more challenges we face, the stronger, the better, the wiser we become. So if someone had a really, let's say, you know, probably in your, in your background, you know, the two business failures, there, there's failure, right? And there's ones that you can learn, but then there's some that are just devastating. And so if you had someone that's, maybe it's a loss of a treasured relationship, maybe it's a, you know, a marriage fail, maybe it's a, a, a business that defined you completely and it fails and it's just devastating to one of your clients. How do you help them to bounce back? How does someone do that? Um, so so what, what we do is we encourage our clients to prepare proactively for failure. So it's not a negative coding, but it's it's a counterintuitive coding. Uh, what we do is we encourage our our clients to you know constantly practice for failure. So and someone might ask, Babs, what are you talking about? How why 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 would you say practice for failure? Um, doesn't seem right, but most of the things that come out of our minds are really based on the practices, the experiences of our minds. So if we expose our minds to, you know, exercises that strengthens our ability to make decision, what happens is as we get to points of decision-making, our mind is already conditioned to making decision over time. So what I encourage our, our, uh, uh, clients to do is, hey, we don't want to wait until failure hits hard before we think of how to bounce back from failure. So what we want to do constantly is ask ourselves daily, what is it that we need to do today? This one uh, thing that we need to do today in the event that something goes bad. What is something, what is the thing that I need to do? Sometimes it's just to learn to breathe over time, just breathe and breathe through simple challenges, breathe through. So when we when we practice with very small things, when the real big failure comes after many years or many months of practicing, it's a lot easier to manage that situation than if we never practiced at all and just and failure just hits us really hard. So I, I encourage the proactiveness of that 
um, approach. It's, it's powerful when we can train train our minds to like, you know, analyze a situation. And that's what we do when the failure happens. We analyze the situation. We learn, we find the learnings from the situation. We see if there are opportunities within the situation. And if we need to pivot, we pivot. But what's most difficult with coming back from a failure is the mind. It's essentially the mind. And so what I want to work on very quickly when a client comes to me with failure is the state of the mind. I just want to ensure that the person's mind is I can touch their mind very quickly. I can influence their mind very quickly with positivity. And the other thing that I do or I encourage them to do is to constantly, you know, uh, if, we, if you constantly reinforce your mind with positivity, when a negative situation comes around, your mind is already loaded and nourished with positivity. And so it's a lot easier. You have a background, you have a benchmark, you know, you have a baseline from which you can, you can, you can jump up. It's a lot difficult when the mind is not nourished with positivity and the mind is pretty, it's pretty empty. When a challenge hits, it's difficult to come, you know, back up. So when we say, when we talk about personal growth and all of the exercises that we do towards personal development, this is why we do these things because um, what we're doing is we're building the mind, we're nourishing our mind. It's like a fertile soil, you know, and when, when challenges come, it's, it's much easier to manage. We, you know, the challenge uh, because of the state of our mind, which is more positive than negative. And then we can we can begin to analyze objectively what the situation is and find uh, ways to solve the problem. Yeah, I love that. And two things that I just want to highlight that you said that I love. One, if they're proactive in figuring out how to respond to something that doesn't go the way they want, it allows them to pivot faster. Because they're not gonna, they're not gonna be hit as hard by the oh my goodness, what's happening? They already will have thought through. Well, what if this happens with this product line, or this happens with this strategy? And then they say, "All right, we talked about this, so I know where to pivot because this happened, so I'm going to pivot." And maybe there is no pivot. Maybe the pivot is to just get out of that and to move on. So I love that point. And the other one I loved was. The, the positivity versus so many people, when they fail, they feel it almost is like a self-fulfilling prophecy that they already felt was going to happen. And the, and it's so great. The illustration of the soil, you know, you, you, if whatever you're feeding your mind with is what your mind is going to revert to when those things happen. And, and you're so right. If, if we can, you know, feed our minds with positive things, your successes, reflecting on those successes, how successful you've been, how many good, pe how many people you've impacted positively. Then when there is a setback, it's, it's much easier to, uh, to manage and handle because you know that you've been successful already. So such a great yep. point. Yep. Failure happens first in the mind really before, yep. before it happens externally. Um, Absolutely. And, and until we accept defeat, we're really not defeated. Well, Babs, this has been a great conversation. Total Life Mastery uh, from your website, your book, uh, you know, cracking these life codes. I think uh, I think this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you giving me a few minutes of your time. If I give you a, a couple minutes to just uh, tell my listeners again what you want them to take away from this uh, conversation. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for the incredible work you're doing. I 
I totally appreciate it. Um, I think leaving this conversation today, we need to keep in mind that uh, life indeed does not come with a manual, but it's important and it's imperative for us to crack the life code sooner than later in life. And when we are able to crack the life code and build new positive code for navigating the different areas of our lives, one last assignment that we have is to transfer those positive codes to the next generation. Um, we want to teach the children and the generations to come all of the lessons that we've learned so they can reduce their stress and their hustle just by learning from us. Um, and, and I think that's the one lesson that I, one thing that I think we, we can take away from today's conversation. Nice. Well said, Babs. Mastering your mindset, habits, and behaviors for personal success, and then passing that on to do good for others. Nice. Thank you very much, Babs. This was a great conversation. Everybody, it's crackingthelifecode.com. Takes you right to Babs' website. You can order his book. You can see some of the other things about him and the great work he's doing. Again, Babs, appreciate so much having you on. Thank you for the time, and, and we'll talk again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have a fantastic one. Thank you for joining us on our journey to learn about various topics. If you'd like to get in touch with the dad who knows nothing, connect with him at the dad who knows nothing on TikTok and Instagram or dad knows zero on Twitter. If you have a moment and you like this episode, drop us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a great day and enjoy your journey through this game called life. <laughs>